0: Christians, we know that Jesus is good news, and we want to share his love with others. In the past, we'd simply invite a friend to church and let the sermon do the work. However, times are changing, and we're learning that church invitations might not be enough anymore. Today, Jesus is using his people to invite others into their homes and ultimately their lives. And by others, we mean seekers, saints, and sinners. All of the people who make up the body of
1: Christ.
2: Good morning, World of Hills. Good morning, good, good, good morning Pod congregation. That's a hard word to say, congregation, <laughs> But it's an important word. Congregation and congregation. Glad you're both here. So we're wrapping up a series that we've had on... Uh, Sinners, Saints and Seekers, Saints, and Sinners series, the quadruple S, <laughs> and uh, we've been talking about how we're, that last song we just sang, uh, it, was, it just captures it, people of God, rise up, because we're called to be the light of the world, and, and we're in a season now, I think, where that is just so, so vitally important, everything's changing, uh, and it's an opportunity for us to step into our calling, we're all called to be ambassadors which means we represent the character of our king and we carry out the interest of the, the kingdom, uh, which is ultimately about inviting others to be part of this kingdom. Um, we, are, we are the front lines in the spiritual pandemic that this world's been under for, 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 for millennia. Mm-hmm. And um, so that means that we, we, we live with intentionality. We live as sent ones on a mission. Uh, we should walk with our eyes open, asking the spirit to show us where's a, a need I can meet or a wound I can heal, or some brokenness that I can maybe mend, or some loneliness that I could perhaps relieve by becoming a friend. Uh, having our eyes open with all this. Uh, we live to bring the kingdom, the reign of God, into every social network that we're a part of, beginning with our families, whatever you consider your family. Um, and so we had Bill Doherty talking about family rituals and how important those are on, on, on bonding the family and reminding the family of who we are and, and, and what we're called to do and what we're called to be. And all of that, and part of what it means to be an ambassador is that you live as an invitation to others uh, to enter the kingdom. Uh, we're, we're to be living invitational, if I can—is that a word? Invitational? Yeah, sure, we'll, we'll, we'll go with it. And um, it occurs to me that you know, at, at, at this juncture in our history, this this kairos moment that we're in, where everything is kind of in flux, that um, uh, uh, that as we're in this space. Um, it's a time for the, where the, as we said the last couple of weeks, the attractional church model where you're trying to get as many people in the building as possible, uh, that is losing its appeal. But that's not a bad thing. In fact, God can use it to the kingdom advantage uh, because I think it opens the door for us to be a truly attractional church mm-hmm. because the church building was never the church. Somebody say amen. 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 We are the church, and we are to be attractional. So this is the true attractional church. Each one of us to live in a way, we're putting on display the character of our kingdom in a way that's attractional and opens up the door uh, for the possibility of uh, sharing the gospel with somebody. Um, That's usually called evangelism. Now, evangelism, I know some of us have buzzers about that. (laughs) Uh, It's not necessarily, the word means, you know, bearer of good news. Uh, but for some of us, it doesn't. that word doesn't elicit a feeling of, oh, I have good news to bring. Uh, when I was first a Christian, and this is 46 years ago, and I'm still embarrassed by this, but I became this butthead evangelist. I was just at school trying to convert everybody, and for about a year, a friend and I went knocking door to door every Sunday afternoon to try to get people to come to church and, and it, it, never once did it work but you know well, at least we felt good about it and what was driving me and that was hard because i am actually i kind of present as an extrovert when i'm around people but i'm actually an introvert and so knocking on doors does not come natural to me it doesn't only it comes natural to anybody um but it, but i did it because we were taught that people's salvation was our responsibility mm-hmm. and they use that 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 uh, passage in in ezekiel where it says the watchman if you don't warn somebody then their blood is on your hands and so I had this image in my head that on, on the judgment day, there'll be all these people who are going to go to hell. And this church that I was saved in taught that hell was eternal conscious suffering. And so they're going to go to an eternity of suffering because I didn't witness to them. And I could imagine them saying on that judgment day, Greg, why didn't you tell me about the truth? Why didn't you share the gospel with me? I, I would have believed but you're too busy watching football or too busy shopping or too busy reading or whatever. And I'm supposed to go and enjoy heaven after that. Uh, to avoid that, 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 that moment, I, had to, I just felt like I had to just you know, mm-hmm. go around and try to shove the gospel down, down everyone's throat. So even to this day, when I hear the word evangelism, it, I, I, I get a flashback to that, and it's like, ooh, and, uh, it just represents <laughs> awkwardness. Um, I just like to just say, be a bearer of good news and leave the word evangelism, evangelism out of it. So, Shauna, you're still young, but you've been in
0: ministry quite a
2: few years.
3: <laughs> that's nice. Oh, <So>
2: yeah. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be a joke.
0: <laughs> Compared yeah. to
2: me, you're young.
0: <laughs> yes. But you I had
2: am. quite a few years in ministry. <laughs> yes. You're a seasoned pastor. How seasoned. many years have you been here now?
0: So, I've had two stints. You mean here at Woodland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, six years, round one, and we've been back here for eight and a half years. Oh, wow. So yeah. Eight, nine,
2: ten, 11, 12, 14 years.
0: Awesome. And before that, you were in Texas ministry. Yes, so I got started when I was two. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Woo!
0: (laughs) Yeah, you did.
2: My goodness, most (laughs) people can't talk. Here she is preaching to people.
0: Love it. Yeah, so... So
2: you've had some experience confronting triggers that people might have about this. What are some of the triggers and and blockages that people have when it comes to thinking about being a bearer of good news to others?
0: Well, yeah, I think what you shared, your vision of... Judgment Day is one trigger that I've experienced, and I know others have, of just the idea that you can't, <laughs> you're about to go through the pearly gates and have life everlasting and it's going to be glorious. And then on your way there, you're saying sorry to folks who are literally standing there, like, why didn't you tell me? And now I'm going to be tormented forever. That's a whole lot of pressure. And so I think that's for a little sure a trigger. But the other thing, I think there's been a common thread in, um, stories that I've heard and things that I've experienced, and that is is that the good news hasn't always been presented as good news, right? right. It's been presented as judgmental, uh, condescending, and and in fact, I did not um, enter into a relationship with Jesus until I got past all of the initial tries of Sinner, sinner, sinner. Yeah. You're going to go to hell if you don't change your ways. And I was a child, so, m- a, so, lot if, if, so been, a, a lot of if sin. A
2: lot of sin. You've been in ministry since you were two, so that must have happened when you're like one and a half or four. I
3: know. <laughs> so much sin in my <laughs> life. timeline what is really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Very advanced <laughs> Yeah. Child.
0: Yeah. But, but presenting the good news as not good news, presenting the good news as judgment. And I feel like we... Um, maybe have seen or heard or even experienced what I call those turn or burn moments. You know, um, people that just seem angry and yelling at us Mm -hmm. about this Jesus that they want us to accept and love and (laughs) just like you 're very angry, so i don 't know what it is that you have, but i don 't want it yeah kind of yeah, exactly. thing. Yeah, for sure. so I think there are some of yeah. those um, experiences there, some of the processes by which we have um, seen evangelism can be a turn off, mm. but I also want to say I know that some people have have come to the Lord that way, and God that's, uses everything. that 's great, right He does I mean, there are those who will read the pamphlet and go, "Oh my word, th- I need to change my life, and I need to accept this <laughs> jesus but my experience um, and and people that I've related to and talked to and engaged with, that is not the majority. And so you hear evangelism and it kind of can be like this traumatic triggering thing of I don't want to go through that. I don't want to experience that. It didn't feel loving. It didn't feel relational. And so I think um, a lot of people have to work through that. And then some people have some genuine fears about what are you asking me to do? Yeah. Like, was it always easy for you to... When you weren't trying to be a butthead, to just share who Jesus was. I wasn't or did trying you to be a butthead. It <laughs> was natural,
2: right? Natural. Yeah. Didn't take any effort at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that just was who you are. Do, I do, mean, do some of you are
2: some some folks listening to this are old enough to remember the chick tracks. Mm-hmm. Remember those chick tracks? Uh, they they no. oh, there's these little little pamphlets, and 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 Christians would. Oh, lead, tracks, them. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And That's they, They'd leave them everywhere, and. uh uh, some of them was just so horrendous one was you're going to hell yep and then you then you open it up and it says unless mm-hmm. and it gives you the you know way but the, the lead off is you're going to hell there's oh, one goodness. I had uh, I came across that says are you a Christian or do you smoke <laughs> <laughs> Everything is so clear cut. It's also Terrible. simple. Terrible. Yeah, oh
0: yeah, yeah. man. Well, and there Only have I been like people in like really desperate times in their life, whether it's addiction or just whatever, and looking for a source and looking for hope, and what they were given wasn't necessarily hope. I know. And so I think that is a part of those triggers. And then, like I said, fear. Like, what is it? So when sure. we talk about. Our experience of evangelism, whether that was positive or negative, and then we have to deal with. Okay, so you're asking me to go and be an evangelist, an ambassador, and and people have fears when yeah, sure. that comes out.
2: I, I think so much of the the you know the so much when you think when I think about evangelism, it was all so unnatural. Mm-hmm. There was nothing natural about it. Yeah. This kind of, was not. It, it didn't fit any, anywhere. It was I think genuinely bearing the good news should be the most natural thing in the world. It's yeah. it's. It, it, you're, you're excited about it, and it comes out of you naturally. It's like if you, you know, found a new song that you're excited about, or you went to a concert you're excited about, or whatever, but it comes out naturally out of a relationship. It's not this natural, just cut, cut to the chase. So part of the, 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 the pressure on me was that you know, we thought that uh, I'll have to answer for everyone I didn't witness to, yeah. and that just puts enormous... Yeah, pressure to do awkward, stupid stuff. Right. It, it's terrible theology, and terrible theology always leads to terrible behavior. Yeah. Uh, so what, what, what's wrong with that mindset about, you know, the, the whole goal is to get the person to sign on the dotted line, you know, cut to the chase, uh, turn or burn. Uh, yeah. What's wrong, with that mindset? what's
0: wrong with that? Everything, right? Okay. Like, Can
2: you elaborate a little bit? Every, oh, sure.
0: Oh, you want more? <laughs> um, yeah. No, Okay. because like you said, it puts pressure on you. First of all, we're not God. Like, I am a super fan of everyone in our community, I love our church body, but we're not God and we are not meant to be God, but we're meant Amen to that. partner with God. And so we, if we feel like we have the pressure to get folks to sign on the dotted line, then it feels very disingenuous. It is absolutely not relational. And guess what? Not everyone is ready to hear the message that we have to right. share, even if we do it in a great way even if we are sharing, this is what Jesus has done for me. And I would love for him to do the same thing for you. Not everyone's ready. You have to understand that you are dealing with people in a variety of spaces right. in history. And some people have never heard of the Lord, or they've worshiped something else because of their culture or their upbringing. And so we have to really be relational about, we have to get to know people. And we can't just assume that, Greg here is ready, I just gotta prime the pump and then I'm gonna get him to uh, sign on the line and he's gonna pass through those pearly gates because you may have a variety of reasons why you're not ready to hear what I have to say, but you may be ready to let me um, approach you as a friend right. or you know, serve any needs that you are experiencing or something. Um, there are people who have had awful experiences with God and with his kingdom people and so they're not ready to hear that and I think so many times we have to first make sure that the Jesus that we're presenting is good news truly good news and and the picture of God that we're giving to people is really one of hope and one of restoration and one that does set us free and and not of condemnation or guilt or shame and so I think we have to recognize that just because um, I am able to share something with a person who I believe needs Jesus or I feel like the Spirit has told me they need Jesus, doesn't mean I'm going to get to see that fully play out. And that's okay because right. I've played my part. That's good. Yeah right? Like we each have a part to play. And we know this. It tells us this in scripture. Like there are people who plant the seed and people who water the seed. But and God gives who, the increase. Yeah. But it's God who gives the increase. And guess what? We're not God. And that means the pressure is off. That's a good thing. That's not an insult. A it's thing. a yeah. really great thing. Yeah. I'm not God, but I get to partner with him and just do my part. Yep. And so maybe you've taken someone and just began to show them that a believer is loving and caring. That's awesome. But maybe it's the next person that gets to actually talk to them about some scripture. And maybe it's the next person that gets to actually uh, sit down with them and pray with them about something going on. But we've all done our part. And so we don't have to do the whole That's shebang. So like yeah. we can all add in an ingredient and we're making this awesome cake. That's yeah. good. So
2: That's good. Yeah. So it's like, you know, to use a football analogy, it's, you don't go for the touchdown every play. Uh, success is when you move the ball forward. Yeah. And and, and so uh, the the church I was in when I first became a Christian, they always used to ask this question all the time: How many saints or how many souls have you won to, to Jesus Christ mm-hmm. this year? Mm-hmm. You know, and then you feel guilty because you know yeah. I only have two. <laughs> no, well, I have four. But that's the wrong question. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's. I think our job is just to embody the good news, mm-hmm. to be the kingdom, and so when you're in a relationship. There's an influence there, mm-hmm. and it just be yourself as a kingdom person, and there'll be a relationship there. Right. One of the things that I think that some people, maybe uh, yeah. it, it makes it feel awkward, is that if, if your relationship with the Lord isn't real, mm-hmm. if, if your relationship is just kind of a duty, well, then, then everything you do out of that will come as a duty. It's like yeah. an ought, yeah. a should, yeah. and it won't be natural. So yeah. so one of the best things you can, in fact, the best thing you can do if, if, to be a bearer of the good news is to first, Bear the good news, yes. let it, it seep into your heart. Your own relationship with God is all important, because if you're excited about that, then it naturally percolates out. But if there's nothing there that's you know, exciting, well then, then it's just a duty. Yeah. Any else you wanna
1: comment on that? Yeah, I'd like to add a thought to that. Something, you know, Grace, you and I talked about this before, there's this, this concept, I don't remember exactly where I heard it now, um, uh, think of a continuum, and people being on a continuum, and let's say zero's in the middle, and maybe there's a negative 10, and a positive 10, and <clears throat> our- Positive po- 10 being a conversion. Like a conversion, yeah. Zero, yeah. Somebody's yeah, walking there. Zero's conversion. Zero's conversion? Okay, see. You, you just go with it. Well, so zero, see.
3: Then there's even steps of- Well, of course. That,
1: yeah. Okay, so zero's We're conversion. each other out here. This is... Yeah, but now you're going a different route.
3: <laughs> Think of it as a <laughs>
1: nudge. Think of it as your interaction with them could be taking them from a negative place, like, hostile toward God, to being yeah. willing to even hear something. Yeah, Because yeah. you weren't such a uh, jerk. Yep. Yeah. Um, sure. Right? And, and so face we're trying to help move this person, and then some people yeah. who are converted, and I think of it as like, have, they, but they've got, a, they've got a flat spiritual tire and are on the side of the road, God may bring me to them, to help that person mm-hmm. who is above zero, but help them get back on the road mm-hmm. to get to a two, to get to a three, whatever yeah, it may yeah. be.
3: Good. Yeah, um, it's so, just as important taking someone from yeah. negative eight to negative seven, right? And then negative one yeah. to zero, right? Like this big moment that yeah. it's just as important to be that person that got that yeah. person a negative one,
1: and from it's one important. to two, from four to five. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah,
2: when plants not to one,
3: reduce people to numbers either, but yeah. Yeah. well, yeah.
2: That's good,
1: that's good. But that nudge idea, it's
2: good. It's really, really, good. really helpful. So, so Rob, uh, uh, last week we heard from Chris Beckert, mm. Beckert and uh, she told some awesome stories about how the Spirit's leading people right. to uh, have fresh expressions of the church, yeah. being the church in a way that doesn't look like traditional church, uh, which itself is, is is a great thing. I, I think so much of, of uh, our being bearers of good news to move the ball forward is deconstructing people's preconception of what Christians are because frankly, here in America, yeah. Even the word Christian doesn't necessarily evoke anything positive. In yeah, fact, right. for a lot of folks, it's a lot. that's why I never tell people I'm a Christian right. if yeah. I don't know what they mean by the term. They, they ask me, are oh, you Christian? And I say, oh, I don't know about that word, but I try to follow Jesus. And I've had a number of conversations with people uh, that I know I wouldn't have had if I would have said, yes, I'm a Christian. Right. They would, uh warning and staying away. But, uh, so she gave this, this, a lot of different, you know, real creative ideas on, on, on what these fresh, fresh expressions look like. But I bet there's a lot of folks who, when hearing some of those stories, thought, well, I could never do that.
1: Yeah, start a church uh, so, in so, my gym.
2: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, so what are some, like, first steps that everybody could take? Yeah. Uh, wherever we're at in this, however comfortable or uncomfortable we are, what are some, like, right. real practical first steps that people could take moving in this direction?
1: You know, I think a really, really important first step is to ask God to show you someone, to bring someone to you. Mm -hmm. Um, My wife has a great story about this. About five years ago, she was reading Scott Boren's book, her husband's book, um, called Difference Makers. And in there, he talks about prayer walking, walking in your neighborhood. So she's out walking our dog and she's saying, Lord, how do I pray for this neighborhood? And we're right back here on Furness Parkway. She's walking the dog and says, Lord, how do I pray for this neighborhood? Car drives by and I guess, as I recall the story, toots their horn, so she waves. She thinks it's a friend of ours. And the, the next thing you know, this lady buzzes around, comes back and she goes, do I know you? And my wife's going, in, internally going, well, you honked at me. I thought you knew me, you know. So anyway, she's like, no, I, I, I don't. And right away, this lady blurts out, will you pray for me? Mm. And she says, of course I will. The lady says, my son just died mm. and his son found him. Mm. Will you pray for- mm. Of course. So my wife is praying for her and this is, who knows where this lady is, but she definitely moved up a notch. So Di prays Mm. for this lady, and doesn't get all, oh, Lord, (laughs) right? Just (laughs) eyes open, prays for her, prays for the family. She sees that her wrist is in some kind of bandage. She prays for her wrist, and they exchange uh, phone numbers or address. Anyways, they exchange contact info, and and away she goes. Now, she never heard from that lady again, but... Mm. um, there's one contact right there. Again, a few weeks later, she's walking Eva, and this lady is out in her yard and says, people just don't help one another anymore. And her radar goes off, and she's like, I'll help you. Well, that was five years ago, and that friendship with this older woman has developed. Di has been helping this lady incredibly, about a year ago, almost, um, this woman's daughter died, and so Di has been there for oh. her, just ministering to her, helping clean out her house. Uh, you can go to her dollar garage sale uh, this coming weekend. <laughs> In nice. right on Nevada and Furness awesome. the <laughs> advertisement, but Di is helping her get rid of stuff. The daughter was our... Anyway, beautiful connection. This lady is now going to church, um, and... Cool. Moving up her spiritual ladder. Yeah.
2: Um, cool. So the one first step is just go and get a dog.
3: Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Uh, a cute dog. Yeah. But uh,
2: dog, or, walking, uh, dog walking is really a good opportunity in the morning and Kids just start blessing the house. Find a kid. You know? Exactly. Jesus says that when you, when you set out to seventy, the first thing you do is you pray blessing on the house that there God's go. peace will abide there. Yeah. And yep. and then look for opportunities. Yep. What else? Uh, so, other ideas.
1: Well, So that's a walk in the dog one. Let me tell a quick story about sure. a buddy of mine named Joe. I'll call him Joe, because uh, his name is Joe.
0: <laughs> Joe, <laughs> That's good. His name Joe, so we'll call him Joe. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, that's nice.
1: I like that. Keep it simple. <laughs> <Yeah>. It works. <laughs> uh, so Joe, Joe works in an office. Right here. And he goes into the office and says, Lord, use me here. And we were in a small group with Joe, kind of a little spiritual friendship group with joe and his wife so anyways joe comes back to us and he says i prayed and i blew it this person came to me and they said they were struggling and i i missed it i didn't do anything with it and then we we said that's all right joe keep at it keep going after it and he he comes goes to the office he comes back to our next meeting and he says this time god brought someone to me again i was able to sit and listen, and pray with them, and minister to them, and just helping them bump up, nudging them toward Jesus, mm. and so the thing I want to really, really encourage you to do is simply ask the Lord, mm-hmm. will you show me someone, mm-hmm. and then just open your spiritual eyes to it, mm-hmm. yep. so good. that would be the big, good. Yeah. the big takeaway for I I would hope keep your eyes
2: open for opportunities yeah
1: ask God to bring them right Mm -hmm. yeah what else anyone else have yeah well you don't have to be like
0: big and like some people may think I'm shy like you you said that you present very extroverted yeah however you're more introverted and there are a lot of people who think I could never go and talk to someone but that's not necessarily the case we're not asking you to go like shout from the rooftops but just like say hey to a neighbor totally. or a coworker, or, you know, smile at someone in the line, if you, unmasked, at the <laughs> <Yeah>. grocery store <laughs> and just, and be listening for nudges from yeah. the spirit of God. And yeah. Grace, you're all about that.
3: Like, I'm all about that. All I think all that. we all need to retrain ourselves how to just be like human, sadly. Yeah. Like Christians are just like, what do I do? And it's like, you just, what do you do with your normal people? Just yeah. do that. Yeah. Like, just do that. And... Um, There's a concept called person of peace it's a phrase that is not original with me uh several different people teach about it and it's really helpful because i it's a different way of thinking about evangelism um, or people that maybe need jesus or are jesus curious as i like to say they're on the fence they're interested um or they could be hostile i guess too but a person of peace is someone who welcomes you receives you and serves you and the serves you is really interesting because usually we think of we're the ones that need to be serving people. Mm-hmm. You know, we do, we go on a mission trip and we paint a house or we build something. Like we're there to serve. We're that we have so much, we have so many of the goods. Like you guys need us, and I think that that has become problematic or it can be. Um, and I like in the person of peace concept. It's the it's a concept of what Rob's saying: praying for someone, thinking about people that are around you already. Maybe they're in your family. Maybe there's someone you already have a close relationship with. So it's not going to take a lot of energy to reach out to them, but um, there's someone who welcomes you, receives you, and serves you, meaning maybe it's a neighbor who has a tool that you don't have. Like, you need a circular saw, and you're like, oh, Jerry's got a circular saw. And you're like, hey, Jerry, can I borrow your circular saw? And he says, yes, that is a potential person of peace. Um, and there's something beautiful about giving someone else the opportunity to serve you, um, and that, I think, also eliminates this feeling of, like, we're coming at you, and we, we have all the goods, and you have nothing, that's just not true. Right. Like I need something from everyone. There's somebody every single person like in this that. room has something to give me and I have something to give you. And we we are mutually together in this journey. And I think that really can help shift the way you think about this. And um and so I I did the same thing Rob was saying. I with my girl I have three kids, a five, three, and one year old. So with the two older two older kids, <laughs> that old um, we were praying one night and I was asking them, you know in our neighborhood should we pray for? We have a few people, um, mostly first-generation immigrants around us in our neighborhood in Eastside St. Paul. And, you know, I was like, let's let's pray for a couple of our neighbors. And we, we each usually pick a name. We don't do this every night, but this night I was like, why doesn't each person pick someone? Well, someone came to mind right away for me, um, my neighbor Tam. She's across the street from me. And uh, she's, she's great. She's a wonderful Vietnamese woman. When I first met her, she told me right away, my name's Tam. I'm Vietnamese, the guy right here is Hmong, the next door neighbor to her, and these guys are Chinese. And I appreciated that she was like trying to help me out. She's like, don't think that we're all in the same yeah. ethnic group or yeah. nationality. And um, I could tell that she was a little different and she wanted to have a conversation. So I've, I've talked to her a few times, um, but her, my, her name came to mind. So I mentioned her name to my daughters when we were praying. And my daughter, Selah said, that's who I thought of. I wanted to pray for Tam. And Mabel thought of someone else. We prayed for that person. Sale and I were like, let's pray for Tam. We were very excited about it. We could just feel something. So we pray for Tam and we just, it's a simple prayer. Like, you know, God, you know where Tam's at. Maybe she already knows you. I actually don't really know, but I am i don't really think, I don't think she does. I have this impression that she doesn't know you yet. Help her to know she's loved. Help her to know she's seen. And um, if you can help us have an opportunity to connect with her more, please give us that opportunity. Kind of like what you, you just shared. So it's kind of both, like praying to bless her and then praying for this, opportunity for me to be in her life a little more. And uh, the next day, she knocks on our door. We're just hanging out. Um, it was like springtime, and she had some cats that gave birth in her backyard. So she had a, an, an influx of kittens on her hands, <laughs> and she was like, I don't know what to do about this. She, has, she speaks English really well. She has a very thick accent. She was worried that they wouldn't understand her if she called animal control. So she asked me if I could call animal control for her, And she said, you know, you're the only neighbor I felt like I should knock on your door because you guys all remembered my name. Mm -hmm. After last summer, we went through a whole winter, didn't see her really. And my daughters were like, Tam, you know, when they saw her in the front yard. Mm. And she was like, it seems like you guys want to actually be neighbors. And Mm. I was like, oh my gosh, thank you, God. I'm so glad you got that impression from us. Like, that's what we were trying to do. But we have a lot of time on our hands. So, you know, we have time to remember her name. She didn't remember our names. So she felt bad. She's like, can I write down your names, you know? And ever since then, we've like left gifts on each other's doorsteps. Tam brought us all this stuff at Christmas time. And I love this mutual giving that's happening. Mm. And, you know, there's lots of time will go by in between. It's not like this is happening constantly. But every now and then I'm like, oh, you know, I think it's time to like check in on Tam and see what's going on. And even in a pandemic, we can carefully prepare something. We'll write that in the thing. We carefully prepared these, whatever it is, candies that we brought her on Valentine's Day, you know. Um, so I don't think we need to overcomplicate it. It's just like, what would you do if this was your mom or your grandma or your sister? Or what would you, what are you doing already? Mm-hmm. Do that to somebody else that maybe you don't know. But it also doesn't have to be this person that's going to slam the door in your face. Like, it's it, a person of mm-hmm. peace is a wonderful thing. You can be their person of peace and they can that's be good. yours. You get to have this wonderful, that's peaceful good. exchange. So just an encouragement to you to be thinking about the step is, think about who that might be. You already have someone. There's already someone in yeah. your... Neighborhood circle wherever you go, your gas station on your corner, there's already someone. So start, just start praying for them. That's like step one.
2: By the way, this is uh, you, you all know Sean and Rob. You may not know this is Grace, Grace McJohnson.
3: Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. I By confuse people with my last name. Thank you. No, is that really your last name? Well, I had started to legally change it to McJohnson. I had started that process. My maiden name is McClure. My new, my married name is Johnson. I can't let go of McClure. I am, I am just a McClure at heart. So I'm like. McJohnson. And then I had a lot of uh, friends who called me McJohnson. Then we were like, let's all change your name. It might happen. So, so just it's, it's whatever that, you call me, I will probably answer you. That's, that's instead just of having
2: hyphenated name, you just kind of squish them together. Squish that's them right.
3: together, confuse people. What, uh, what's I, I just like happening? what you
2: said about you know, the <laughs> going and, and, and this person of peace being someone who also serves you. Uh, it kind of goes with what Chris said last week about don't go into this as a teacher. Go in as a learner. Yeah. And I think that yeah, you know, being good. curious about people, uh, asking questions about yeah, their life. Yeah. You know, and it, all everything you just said is really a, being a good neighbor
3: Yes, and yes.
2: With, a, with, a, with an ear towards the spirit, you yep, know, to, yep. to, to, to be guided on that. And that's really what it comes down to.
3: Yeah. One way that people will advise just a practical thing you can do is just think about something you actually literally do need. Like, I need a rake or I need a circular saw, like I think I just said, I don't know. Okay. Well, think of someone that you might know that might have that and go ask them for that. Like they, you are putting yourself in a, a humble position to look like the person that needs something because you do need something. And it's a good reminder to yourself that you have needs mm-hmm. and that you can be vulnerable and that you can take a risk. And it, it empowers that person to be like, yeah, I'm helping someone out today and I feel good about that. Right. It's just a different way to look at We know it. that
2: God's always at work. We've been talking yeah. about that. And it's our job is to join what God's doing. But uh, uh, sometimes I think when we think about being a bearer of good news, it's like, well, God's working in them. So I got to join what God's doing for them. And that's true. <laughs> But God's also working in you, and exactly. God will use them yeah. Yeah. to bless you.
3: Totally. Right. I, I, right I have on. a friend
2: who's a non believer, and, and, and we get together and, and, and talk once in a while and hang out. And um, man, I've, I, this guy has taught me a whole lot yes. a, about humility, about Christ likeness. I yeah. mean, and about awesome. caring for disabled people. And, and, and so, yeah, mm. my life's enriched because of it. And so it's mm. got to be reciprocity, uh, both and thing.
1: And yep. to sit back Good. because I don't have all the answers. Like, you right. will never have all the answers. Mm. Yeah. You have one green light in front of you, get on the road. Yeah. yeah. You know. So true. Cuz you are going to run into people who have arguments or you know, disagreements or you know Stuff right. that's going to, yeah. you're not going to know the answer. Yeah. That's okay. That is okay. In fact, yeah, I think it's, that it's really good for people
2: to hear a yeah. Christian say, I don't know. Right. right. Yes. right. Yes, yes. So right. many Christians are, I know everything. And right. so, yeah, just Let's even there is a deconstruction thing. I yep. don't know. Be humble. Yeah. Be real. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. yeah. That's Well, yeah, I think, too, that's one of the fears that we may have. Like, not all of us are Greg Boyd theologians, mm-hmm. right? So you're what right. if they ask us that's a question? Yeah, you're right. You're right. We're not all heads. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Thank God. Yeah. No, totally but good. we're truly, we're not. Not everyone is a theologian as you are. And so yes. I think sometimes we can fear that, oh my gosh, what if they ask us something and mm. we don't know where it is in scripture or we can't remember right. or we, right. we get—we stumble. That is okay. It, it is absolutely mm. okay to say, I don't know. I don't have all the mm-hmm. answers and, and, and I don't need to have all the answers. I think that is absolutely a place where we need to be okay in admitting that um, we don't know it all. Yeah, that's and, good. But again, if we're... If we're looking at, we have to do all the work and get yeah. them all the way through, and you know, score the touchdown and get them through the pearly gates, like we keep mm-hmm. saying. Then you're, you, that pressure and that anxiety is going to be amped up. Mm-hmm. But if you realize, no, you're just obeying yeah. as you mm-hmm. hear God speaking, yeah.
3: then that again takes that pressure off. Yep. And I yep. add one yep. thing to that, just that I'm not even gonna wait for your answer. One. I'm not going to wait for your answer. I'm just going to go two. Yep. Okay, good. <laughs> just no, I don't know. That phrase might actually literally be the word they need. Like yeah. that is. Maybe right. the message they actually need, I was on a train ride home from, I went to school in Montana and, and my, when I went to college, and I was on a long train ride home, and my TA for one of my, I was a political, si- political science major. Um. Anyway, for some weird reason, I don't know why, but. That's what this, I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> why did I choose that? I have no idea. But this guy was my TA, so it was intimidating. He was very, you know, very smart, all this stuff. We were on the train together. He's asking me all these questions about Christianity. He knew I was a Christian. And he's really pressing in on uh, suffering and evil and all that stuff. I'm trying to answer these questions, but eventually I just said, you know what, I, I honestly don't know. Like, here's what I do know, you know. And he stopped and he was like, you were the first Christian who has told me I don't know. And he said, I'm willing to listen to everything else you have to say. Wow! And that, mm. that really right. is right. you. Right. Like, right. boom. I was like, like okay, why did I even try to say all this yeah. other stuff? Right? I should have so just started cool. with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
2: don't know. Leave with that. My name's Greg. I don't know. <laughs>
3: well, I don't know.
2: You know, and and, uh, sometimes, you know, if you're following the Spirit, the Spirit knows exactly where people's hearts are at. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you get a person in just the right spot. So I was at last week at a party, outdoor party, uh, celebrating several birthdays. And I didn't know most of the people at this party. uh, But I was kind of just asking, as I'm there, I'm enjoying myself, but I'm also like, Spirit, how could this be a kingdom moment? Where, where, Where do you want me to be? I'm just, and having that mindset. So you're not totally absorbed yeah. in the, you know, the, the here and now, yeah. but you're, you have a little part of your brain you know, open to the whole, Holy Spirit. Um, that's the key thing, I think. It's, mm, it's like you've got to be directed on this. But I saw a guy kind of standing by himself over by this fire pit, and so I thought i will go over and just say hi to him. And, and, and so I got curious, and, and I, I just said, you know, who are you and why are you here and, and who do you know? And, and we started talking. Well, it turns out he's an ultra-marathoner.
1: Mm. Oh, wow. Well, there's a commonality. So Amazing. we start,
2: you know, I used to be an ultra I'm obviously not now. But uh, uh, back in the day, back in the day, I could run 100 miles. And so we start talking about you know, various trail races that we cool. both shared and stuff. And so we build on commonalities. Well, then it just turns out, and I don't even know how we stumbled into this, but he had just taken his, his kids out of the public school system, uh, this is in Wisconsin, and, and put them in a Christian school because this Ooh. Christian school's got a good reputation. Mm. And then he said... Then I figured if I'm going to put him in a Christian school, I should find out what Christians believe. Wow. And so wow. He, was, he was just now in a process of like, wow. what, what do Christians believe and stuff. Wow. And boom.
3: Amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. right? Just uh, handed it, it to him. It was just a great awesome. conversation,
2: but you know, staying up cool. in the spirit. So yeah. uh, last week we talked about how, was it was last week or the week before? I don't know. But where if, if, if Christ is the head, and he is, and we are the body, uh, the Holy Spirit is the central nervous system mm-hmm. that uh, connects the head to, to the body. Which means following the Spirit is all important. But I imagine a lot of folks, what does that even mean? Yeah. Grace McClure. Yeah, Ma- what does McClure it mean? McClure Johnson. Um, how how do you hear me. the Spirit? I don't
3: know. See? I'm practicing <laughs> okay, using that. But at some point you want to move <laughs> no, down. No, I'm just then. kidding. Yeah. I
2: don't know. Just keep on reciting that mantra. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know.
3: Uh, yeah, it's a so good question. So how do you question. hear the Spirit? Um, it's con- it's confusing. I grew up in a Pentecostal background, so there was a lot of hearing of the Spirit all around me all the time. And I was always like, am, am I? It looks like that person is. That seems like what I should be doing but I'm not having that experience um so I empathize greatly with anyone in this room or listening that is like I have no idea what that means um I think first of all I would just like to say step one is like refreshing yourself you mentioned this already it was um saying in that that last song um basically first Corinthians 13 if I if I speak in the tongue of men and angels but have not love I'm just making noise like if I do this thing, I have. If I have this great big moment, this word of knowledge, um, if I have all faith to move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm doing nothing. Um, and I really want all of us to be refreshed in that message that, like, let that be your first pursuit. First of all, let that be your first pursuit. Like the, you know, people have said, seeking the giver, not the gifts. Not, but yet, Paul says, I earnestly desire. I desire, I hope that you. Um, all prophesy, and then he says, earnestly desire the gifts, especially prophecy. Um, or it doesn't have. I'm not just trying to zero in on prophecy, but you know, it's not wrong to desire the gifts. I would say, just back up a step if you're if you're worried about this, and just like kind of check your heart and ask the Holy Spirit first of all, like, give me a heart that that feels so free to like know that if if this doesn't look this way or if I'm not hearing from you the way I think I'm supposed to, that I know I am loved, I am accepted, I am secure, I am in you. You're the one who validates mm. me. You're the true watchman. Like he who builds a house builds it in vain if God's not the builder. The, right. You know, your, your watchman thing, it's like, it's also like, wow, but yet if the Lord doesn't do it, then what's the point? So that's kind of 1 Corinthians 13, that, that verse that gets read at, at at weddings Yeah, is in the context of spiritual gifts and we often forget that. It's in the whole context of a whole conversation about spiritual gifts and how the body gathers together. You know, it's not in the context of love as we think of love, you know, in, in a wedding setting, though it still applies. And I think there's something powerful about that, that God wants to remind us today, don't get too sidetracked with how you're hearing, am I hearing, is it looking like Greg or Shauna or Rob or me or whoever, you know, do I have love? And do I have love from the source of love? Um, done, you're, you're good, you've got the yeah. goods. Like that's all you, that is the goods. And um, that's what's eternal, the rest is going away. Um, however, second step is out of that place, Just practice. Mm -hmm. Just start practicing. Um, I love, there's a guy named Bill Johnson. He leads, we sing some of the songs that come out of Bethel Church in Reading. Bill Johnson is a pastor there and I don't necessarily listen to everything. I don't know everything that he says, but one thing he does say that I appreciate, he he leads a school of supernatural gifts, trying to help people practice different gifts, hearing from God, you know, praying for people, praying for healing for people, doing things that are a little risky. He loves to say, try and fail. I want a culture Mm -hmm. of, where people don't feel like they have to do this perfectly and they get to just try it. And I truly do commend you to just try it um, because you know if you are, your source is, is the love of Jesus, that true love, um, if that's your source and that's where you're regrounding yourself, you know, trying to say in a party, like, God, is there anyone here you want me to talk to? And you kind of have this feeling, well, I'm gonna just talk to this person this, or this person's just standing next to you. You try it. You try it. You try t- striking up a conversation. Well, that didn't go so well. That guy seemed like he wanted to punch me in the face. I'm going to move on. Okay, but God's not mad at you because you tried and you you did, maybe didn't hear from him. So that is my, those are my two things is just, first of all, reground yourself in the true source of um, hope and joy and peace. It's not how you hear from God. That's not your source of joy and peace and love. Then out of that place, start practicing. Just Just start Praying, asking the Holy Spirit to show you things, and I did this in my 20s. I, I started praying for it when I was reading through Corinthians, First Corinthians. I started praying for the gift of prophecy, and I was I was raised around prophets and prophetic people, and um, I never knew if I had that. It was always confusing to me, and or if I, I like I think everyone's hearing something, but we're missing it usually. Um, but I also think there is more, there is a different type that could, that you could have. And so I just started praying for that. And over the course of many years, I also started practicing it, um, and was blessed to be around other people who kind of had that language. Like, just start trying. Why don't you just try to see what happens when you pray for this person or Try this word out. And I would say, I don't know if this is from God. That's but always a I'm good thing. I'm feeling this. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I don't know if, if you've something but, you want to
2: share with somebody else. It's yeah. always good to say, and this might be of
3: God. Yeah. I'd uh, say half the time. Thus says the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Half the time, people yeah. would be like, eh, no, that doesn't really make sense. I don't know what you're talking about. And I'd be like, okay. And then half the time, they'd be like, thank you. And it's like, I had to get over the, the 50% that weren't quite right, you know? So practice. Practice, so, practice, so practice.
2: You're saying that uh, walk in the way of love. And then pay attention to just the nudges on the inside, yeah, and yeah. if it's consistent with love, go with it. Yeah, it may be of the spirit, it may not. But That's, what have you got to lose?
3: Much better said. Thank you. But, yeah, I think there's a will. We we think, what's God's will for us? What are what or what does He want me to do today? Or what is? We already have a whole set of like ideas from God, not ideas, truths, wills that He has placed in Scripture that we we know. You already know a bunch of stuff. You know, bless your enemies. Um, be be at peace with all people. You know, be thankful in all circumstances. So like bear the fruit of the spirit if you are bearing that fruit while meanwhile while embodying christ while trying something you're probably on the right path you know Good. i think you're, you're gonna be okay yeah
2: all right so uh, you. grace you have uh, i i know that for you uh, like in, in in the corinth that you just uh, the book you just quoted oh yeah uh paul says when you come together everyone brings something yeah mm-hmm. uh to share yeah uh and uh, i know that you believe it's really important that I mean, one of the one of the shortcomings of the attractional church model where it was about a building was that people didn't have opportunities to, to come and everyone has something to yeah, share yeah yeah i've got something to share because i preach and the worship people yep. have something to share because they're totally. worshiping uh, and we all join in that but we don't all contribute to this because there's too many people yep uh whereas in micro communities there can be that kind of yeah, sharing yeah church and family or whatever so so tell us why why, why that's yeah, so, important. And, so and, important and you run a lab right you can yeah uh, yeah. Like a house church lab.
3: Yeah, I have this little thing called Little Labs. You can Go to littlelabs.fun if you want. Little <laughs> That's labs. The, literally fun. the domain. You can do anything at the end of domains now. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's just a place to practice. It's called the lab because I want people to practice. And I basically say the short an- the short description is I would rather have my three-year-old pray for me than hear any of my best sermons any day because... Having a three-year-old lay her hands on you and bless you when she sees that you're, you're crying or you're hurt about something, which is what happened in one of our little gatherings, is unlike anything else. You know, I'm not going to get that anywhere else. Like, if I listen myself talk, it's like, that's great. But I would much rather see a, ch- a child empowered. And when we don't allow everyone to contribute, um, we're missing out on the power that we can see and the dependency on the Holy Spirit. Wow. That's another part of the. That's, and whether that's, that's in
2: families or in your little yeah, labs. Yeah, you could do it
3: just with your own small your own group, little your roommate, whoever, whoever's around you, you know, whoever's sitting next to you right now. I don't know, maybe they'd be interested. But yeah, just whoever is in your little circle that you're, you're feeling comfortable with, having in your home and that sort of thing, um, you can, you can and, do it in simple ways.
2: I will say this to families with, with children. Um, you know, faith has to be caught before it's taught. And, and if kids don't see, if they're never empowered to be praying or to learn how to share a word that they yeah. got or whatever, yeah. then if they, then they never learn that. Exactly. You know? And so, exactly. so I really encourage uh, to, for families to have a time where everyone gets to bring something. Exactly. And how do we work that out? It can be a poem. Yeah. It can be a song. A or, song that you're
3: into. Yeah. Like if we had all asked you guys to bring something this week that you learned during COVID, just say it. And we're going to go around and everyone's going to say that. You would have had a different last week than you did. You know, you would have been thinking in a different way, right? right? Just from one simple question. So it can be so simple. It can be anything. What are you thankful for right now? And and just the, the need to share it and open yeah. your mouth. That's good. Really helps. Yeah.
2: It's empowering the, the body to rise up. And be the light of the rise world. Rise up. And if you're three years old, you can be part of that body. Amen. If,
3: if you're one and a half, Shana, do it. You can do it. it. Shauna got it. Cruising powers. along.
2: So. Um, Shonda, what are some resources that people can consult if they want to go deeper in this and learn more about it?
0: Yeah. So we um, really want you guys to understand that we all have a part to play and wherever you are, just start there. And so there is a couple of classes, right? Because we're Woodland Hills and we love to learn together and we're learning to grow together. And so um, there are some classes coming up for the fall. Grace has a class coming up. Do you want to yeah. say
3: what that is? It's kind of what I, what I was just sharing about. Yeah. So Yeah. Jump on in if yeah. you want more info. And, and the website's little labs. Little labs.fun. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's I know. So cool.
0: Isn't yeah. Well, cool?
3: you can you can do it.
0: Right. And so it is fun though. Yeah, it's super fun, it I'm is sure. Fun. I'm sure. And so there's another there's a couple other classes. Um, one Rob mentioned my husband's book, Difference Makers. We're gonna go through that if you wanna take a class. And Difference Makers cool. is all about just recognizing where you are in your life and your context and rec- recognizing whether you're a stay at home parent or a janitor or a CEO or a, or a woman in Target at, at the checkout line, Like you have mm. uh, something to offer others because God is already at work in the world. And Good. so just, mm-hmm. just learning to have eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit is doing, which is what we've been saying. Mm-hmm. And so we're gonna go through that book together. It's just very practical things. There's Reunion and then there's
1: Sue Kraut-Kramer. Rob, right, why don't right. you so, share about those? So some of you may have uh, like, checked out when Greg first alluded to the idea of, like, turn and burn is not the <laughs> the message? Seriously, like, mm-hmm. if if you are me, you grew up with turn and burn as yeah. the message. And if you're wrestling with what is he talking about, I want to point you to, one thing I want to point you to is a sermon he did February 14th, Valentine's Day 2016. Go look that up and watch it. It's a great explanation of what we're mm-hmm. talking about with this beautiful loving good news thank you the other thing is broxy's got a book called reunion and we have a guy who's going to be doing a book study and facilitating that discussion end of september but if you're wrestling with this get into that book study read reunion pick that up that's a couple of things yeah um,
0: yeah. So anyway, we we're looking at the time, so we're kind yeah. of trying to wrap it up. But there are cultivate classes are a great way just to begin to learn and grow in this concept. Because guess what? You all have something to offer as a kingdom person. And so, uh, depending on how you're wired, or depending on your context, depending on the space in which you live, you know, um, it's going to look different for everyone. But so, hop on the website if you have questions, if you want to sign up for any of those classes, because they're going live soon. Not
3: yet. Soon. soon, hop on the website. Soon. Hopefully soon. Tuesday. In like a yeah. week. Hopefully yeah. a few Tuesday. few
0: days. Yeah, Tuesday. The hop on the website, and then other than that, we have other ways in which we can still stay connected. Um, uh, to this body, uh, you can. If you need prayer, we believe in prayer. And we want you to get that prayer. So if you're in-house, there will be prayer uh, ministers up here at the front for you to come and you can uh, partner with them in prayer. If you're online, those folks are gonna be there ready for you in a waiting room to pray with you. And so don't log off and don't leave this space without praying with one another. I also wanna mention again that we are having that uh, lunch next Sunday and we're really excited. It's catered. So don't worry, it's safe. We're doing it in a super safe way. So uh, Mm. please know that if you come and partake in that, you are gonna be so very safe Mm. and it's (laughs) gonna be great. Check out the MuseCast on Tuesday afternoons. Dan and I, and guess what? This week, Rob are gonna Mm. just dive into this conversation a little bit more because it's just never enough, right? And you can uh, be a part of gathering groups if you want. And if you're going to be here next week and you've got kiddos, we'd love to have them, but we just wanna remind you to save your spot. So, thank you all for being here and being so attentive. Thanks. It's a great group.
2: God bless you, ambassadors. Go out and be the light of the world. Woo! Amen.